Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of My Week in Cars, the Autocard podcast with me, Matt Pryor, and him, Steve Propley. Hello, Steve. Matthew, how are you going? You all right, mate? Yeah, how are you? I'm fine. I mean, uh, I'm, but I'm in better condition than you. You just got off the plane, didn't just you? Just got off the plane this morning, but that's fine, mate. It's fine. It's well, I get to talk to you on the way. Hey. I've got back, so I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, over the next half an hour or so, Steve and I are going to be chatting about our respective autocar columns and much more besides, including your correspondence. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. Charles Kelso has done that. I think he's written a letter for the Mag. Actually, we've got two letters today. I think actually both sort of focused on the Mag rather than the pod, but but they're important, so I want to talk about them. Peter Slegg says, I concur... No, sorry. Charles Kelso says, I concur with Peter Slegg, who wrote a letter for the 19th of April issue. Lighting engineers could apply themselves to produce lights which don't dazzle quite so much and are therefore a bit safer. Um, my bugbear is... Threefold, the differing heights of headlamps from SUVs, fans, 4x4s, HDVs, etc. When, when I'm following cars and, I, and they indicate and brake at the same time, the turn lamp can disappear in the glare of the brake lights. And um, Charles also scratches his head a bit about daytime running lights. Should they include tail lights too? Is it these days too much form over function in lighting design? There's quite a lot of form in lighting design these days, isn't there? There is, yeah, because... Um we keep on every time we go to a launch of a car, mm. the designer does the walk around, you know, the traditional walk around, and and they're forever pointing to a you know a new light style. It's either thinner or it's got a, a you know a load of um, LEDs that are arrayed in a new way. And mm. it strikes me, it has always struck me that the, these things can't all work the same, can they? They so some must be more aggressive or brighter or more intrusive than others. Yeah. yeah. And the, the the I guess the the best remedy that I can see is the is the matrix light, you mm-hmm. know the one that has oh, a thousand know. LEDs yeah. or whatever they are. But the only trouble with that, as you see, the point you've made, is the cost. Well, we've had readers, haven't we? Yeah, the the, the uh, I can't remember his name. The fellow who had that Alfa Romeo Giulia and had to have a cluster replaced at sixteen hundred quid, something like that. I think. Yeah. But they are. I mean, I've got to say they are good because they sort of turn night into day where you are and then you just 
That's funny. The Volkswagen Multivan I'm spending some time in at the moment has got these auto lights and a car starts coming the other way and there's just this little block disappears. Yeah. Where, you know, so it. you're yeah. very, it's, I mean, it's very clever. But yeah, the Astro, even the Astro, the various Astros that I've had, yeah. or asteroids as, as uh, <laughs> Bill Bryson calls them, um, they have that too. Yeah. And, and, the, and I suppose LEDs are inherently pretty reliable, mm. aren't they, Mr. Engineer? Is that right? I believe so. Yes, I believe so. It um, was a big... Uh, wasn't the the the, the 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 thing that allowed LEDs to be so successful, because they've been around for donkey's years, haven't they? But they've only recently started to go everywhere. And yeah. I have a feeling somebody came up with the idea of them producing properly white light, which they couldn't do before, yeah. I think. So you could get like yellow ones, black ones, green, red, black ones, oh, yellow okay. ones, green ones, red ones, whatever. But white in a sort of in a brilliant white, brilliant sort of white thing. was a difficult thing to achieve. I, didn't I know think. That. I think. I might so be they do that lots, up, don't they? I, I mean, might be making that up. They did, they're reliable mm. and they don't use much. Don't use juice, much juice. They? No, and they're yeah, and they're relatively well. Unless you have sixteen hundred in a matrix on the front yeah. of your car, they're relatively cheap. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just I have found. In the last couple of years, and I don't want to sound like an old duffer, mate. I'm just going. Oh, I can't see. I can't see at night properly because of the glare. But sometimes they are a bit bright. Yeah. Modern car headlights, more than they, I think, more than they need to. I be. think there is a brand of driver that you, some cars have still got manual head height adjusters, haven't they? Mm. As well, mm. and there is a brand of driver that just turns them up to the max, and because they can see further. Yeah. And you get longer to react. Yeah. And it disadvantages the bloke. In the old person coming this the other is the way. The problem isn't it? Is that you? You know, somebody will say, "Well, it's safer." Well, it's like brighter lights are safer. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a point where they're not. Yeah. You know. But anyway, anyway, thank you for your note, uh, Charles. Interesting. Uh, it's it's an interesting subject. It is it? an interesting subject. I think one that a bit like tires, we probably don't talk and write about enough yeah. in a way because it's just one. It's heinously complex to get to the bottom of, and there's not necessarily a right answer, and it's just a. A bit of an art in itself, isn't it? It's like a sub art of the rest of the yeah, yeah, car business. Yeah, absolutely yeah. true. One with a pod proper uh, from your column this week. We you talk Toyotas. Yeah, well, I, I was just taken with uh, with something on Twitter that was put mm. there by James Clark, used to work as comms director at Toyota GB, mm-hmm. still watches the car market clearly, mm. and he just noted from some stats that also appeared on Twitter that that if you take the the top 10 car sales globally last year, Toyota produced five of these, five five of the 10. Mm. And yet Toyota is being criticized for being sort of, um, uh, for emphasizing hybrids and ice cars too much. Some people, they, yeah, some people have a real beef about it, don't they? They go, oh yeah, legacy car makers, not with the BEV program. Yeah. And, yeah, and they go around and go, well, did sell a million RAV4s last year. <laughs> yeah, and 50, well, 52% of the, I think it's something like 4 million cars in the top 10, the top 10 sellers around the world. Mm. And Toyota produced 52% of those, cool. you know, accounted for 52%. Yeah. It's just, it's just, um, and I, as I was saying before, we were, we've got this BMW bonnet about how the, the cars of today that are selling today have to finance the, day, the cars of tomorrow. You can't mm. have an unsuccessful clump of cars now. No. And here's Toyota using rather good sense to finance the cars of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And there is no denying, if you buy a Toyota Yaris now, car of the year, 2021, I think, 22, 21. 
they'll do. Yes, you will use petrol, but they do like seventy to the gallon without trying, yeah. which is pretty remarkable. And I think their range average corporate rate, what is it? Corporate average fuel economy, which is a thing we all um, worry about, and manufacturers have to reduce year on year. I have a feeling that throughout Europe, pure EV brands aside, Toyota's corporate average fuel economy is is lower than anyone else's in CO, mm. in CO2. Yeah, which is pretty remarkable, really. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, I remember my old man proudly boasting about his 30 MPG out of his Mark One Ford console. <laughs> Life's changed. It has, yeah, hasn't it? Just, hasn't it? Just, but they, but it did for a long time. It didn't, did it? Because we were testing, I don't know, Ford Fiestas around 2010 or something like that, and they downsized slightly, but you'd still get 35 to 40 MPG out of yeah. one, and that was actually the same as it had been for the previous electronics. Everybody time. says the same, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better, yeah. better control of spark and, control of stuff. and fuel mm. feed. Mm. Um, green laning. You've yeah, done, well, I've got, got religion. You've done some more. You've religion. <laughs> you've got it. Well, the thing is, I was, um, uh, you know, we had, we both recently had a bit of a good time in a Jeep, yeah. didn't we? But my Jeep clashed with the Ford Raptor that I was also obsessed with. Mm. And so um, I just thought I would borrow another Jeep, even though it's you know, probably shouldn't do it because some other hack needed it, but never mind. I asked for it. They sent another one along, a Wrangler long wheelbase, which had a, a tent on the on the on the roof, which was quite interesting. It wouldn't be my choice because I just don't like the idea of, you know, so hundred kilograms above the roof of, of, of a car I'm driving off road. But yeah, it's not the place you'd want to put that sort of weight on a car that's already quite tall and soft isn't it you know to add another but i'm intrigued by the idea of a roof tent i've got to say yeah well in a way i should have brought it over because because you know you could imagine having a, a really good time somewhere mm. out in the middle of nowhere i mean the reason i wanted to do this is because i i am obsessed with this currently obsessed with, with this idea of just being able to drive a few hundred yards off the road you know half a mile up some legal track mm. where people in Ford focuses can't go and suddenly there you are in the in the wild and you know and it's peaceful and beautiful and and uh to do that with a tent is probably pretty good too yeah. as long as it's legal yeah tell us about the green lane glass the green lane association oh yeah i joined them because mm. i i just was i was at uh Gaiden, the museum there, just because they had a Land Rover day, mm-hmm. um, and I, they had a stand. The glass had a stand there, and and one of the things they offered was a, was a Green Lane, uh, um, a, well, there's a website, and yeah. and on it is a is a map of um, all the green legal Green Lanes that they know of in Britain, mm. and if you join their their organisation costs you 44 quid a year plus four quid to join, 48 quid. I parted with that and now I've got this access to this map, which is, in effect, it's it's a huge map of the UK and you just go in and in and in to, to, to where, where you are at the time and it will show you what you where you can drive that's legal. And they... So is, it called, is it called Trailwise or something like that or TW2? Or TW2, something like that's it, yeah. yeah. Trailwise, yeah. yeah. And they... they um, I just like their approach yeah. because they're very respectful of the law and all that. Mm. But but um, th- they're also pretty keen to make sure that that 
rights that you can assert are asserted. Mm. Yeah. So it's, um, but uh, you, you know, I, I I know there are some some uh, some points of um, of um, you know dispute, I suppose, with walkers and mm. horse people. But my feeling is lately hasn't been so bad. Yeah, I've never. Fe- uh, uh, you know, we we use green lanes on features and things now and again. I've never, yeah, yeah. Or, or actually, just for fun as well. Sometimes I do, but I've never had a, I've never had a, a confrontation with anybody. No. So it's always been very, it's always been, it's always been very good. Well, uh, I'm a member of the Trail Riders Fellowship, which is it. the two wheeled equivalent. They're they're independent, but they're pretty matey with each other. I yeah. think Glass and the Makes sense, doesn't it? But they also have, which is good. I haven't done any, and at some point in my life, I will do. You can volunteer to go and help clear them and. There are some repair, you can repair well, yeah. them as well, yeah, to keep yeah. them open and stuff. Yeah, yeah they did it, yeah. a bit of that near me. The, but um, the other morning, <clears throat> because I got so keen on this, mm. uh, and the Jeep was going to go back. So at five o'clock in the morning, I got up and went and did, did a couple of miles of a local byway before the bloke came to collect it, mm-hmm. um, just to just to enjoy it. And yeah. and and I was just drifting along at ten miles an hour, and suddenly there was a guy sort of sitting on a, a stump looking at the birds and the countryside and and uh we got talking and he admired the jeep and he, i had a look through his binoculars and and uh we finished up he jumped in the jeep with his black dog lovely lovely dog oh fantastic old dog yeah and um we walked we drove back to the village it was great that is great that's right what a lovely what a lovely way to spend a morning that is it was that's terrific cool. and you know we were both home for breakfast by seven o'clock yeah, that's Steve and I are going to take a very short break. We'll be back with a bit more My Week in Cars just after this. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Welcome back to My Week in Cars. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. Chris Wood did that uh, with a letter to them, which we published in the magazine this week. But I think it it strikes me as important enough to read out because it raises an issue that I hadn't been aware of. Um, Back in March, it says... Chris, my car conked out on Finchley Road into London at the start of rush hour, which is not good, is it? No. An obscure message about holding the key fob against some undefined area briefly appeared on the dash and was then repeated a minute later, just before the car stopped and its electrics all ceased to work, thus turning off the engine and shutting down most of the systems. In the five hours I was stuck, (laughs) unable to get the car even into neutral, I successfully brought the main road into London to a complete standstill causing a jab from Finchley Road to Brent Cross. The key fob's battery had run out. Now, even my shaver has a display of of remaining power, so why cannot a car's key fob? There could be at least an advisory appearing on the dash when the power is getting low. I've driven 40 years without breaking down, then the most sophisticated car I've ever owned. I enjoyed my first experience of grinding to a halt at the expense of becoming the most unpopular driver in Does he name the motor? He does not name the motor. Oh, no, he does not. That, but it, no, I see. Yeah, you should, yeah. Please write in again, Chris, and tell us what what car it was. Um, yeah, good, uh, I now keep a spare battery in the glove box, and would recommend everyone does the same. Chris, 
That's a fair point, isn't it? Oh, that's I think it's idea. a very fair point. Yeah. I mean, imagine, I was just thinking while you were reading that out, I was thinking of every radio station in the south of England will have been talking about the hold-up that this bloke, the hold up. A broken-down vehicle is <laughs> sitting five miles. And, oh, blimey, that's bad news, isn't it? That's bad news. But yeah. my motorbike, my BMW GS, has a has got a readout on the on the screen that mm. that says um, key battery at fifty percent. Oh, you know, it starts. Interesting. It, in fact, it it does what BMWs do, which is to communicate with a fair degree of of kind of hysteric <laughs> or hysteria. <laughs> yeah. So you sort of think, oh god, the world's about to end. <laughs> yeah, maybe more cars should have that. A little no, thing so. that just says, oh, you should. Yeah, you should think about this. Yeah. yeah, you should think about that. I must say, I don't think about it very often in cars no. I'm driving, and I should I, do more. And I think pr- probably the case that dealerships should, as a absolute matter of routine, just replace them at all times. Mm. Yeah, that would be the sensible thing, wouldn't it? Really? It would be. Every time you take it in. Uh, there's not usually a place... I, oh, I'm going to sound like a duffer again. <laughs> there's Not you, mate. So many cars you get in, nowhere, there's nowhere to put... And you've made this observation before, there's nowhere to put the fob. Yeah. There's nowhere to locate it sensibly in the interior. Yeah, if it, if it sort of de- almost demanded that you put it in a... I mean, remember that slot in Renault's? I'm, I'm not so stuck struck on key cards, but at least hmm. there's a there was a slot. Oh, there was a place it for it, wasn't there? Yeah. 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 Volvo had one for a while, wasn't it? It was on the centre of the... Because they moved to the square, not a key, key. That's it. And yeah. it had a slot on the, on the dashboard to put it in, yeah. didn't it? My problem with that was that Quite often there would be a, if you keep anything else on the key at the same time, it was flat against the dashboard. I'm making it, I'm sort of demonstrating this with my hands, which I realise does not work in audio, <laughs> to, to, to but it would, you would pop it into the dash and then a little key ring would hang off the end of it. And of course, any other keys that you've then got would hang and rattle and yeah, scrape yeah. against the dashboard. Okay. And well, that's... I think I need to mad. make the point for our listeners that your cat, who yes. has joined us here, is... Uh, <laughs> Was uh, was very entertained by your by your hand gesticulation. He was he was thinking <laughs> there might be dreamies in that hand. Is what he was thinking. Yeah. So he's yes he's joined us on the table. I, I mean I do love him, but he can be a nuisance at times like this. Oh, I <laughs> know he's great. He's, he's brilliant. Right. Mate. So yeah, if there's any muffled um, knocking against a microphone, apologies. It is a, <laughs> a Persian cat. That's, that is what that is. Uh, where were we? Yeah. So yeah. and also we were having a conversation a little earlier about keys and so on and so forth. Rattles in cars. Oh, well, I was asking whether you, 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 you know, I, I, are you a rattle fetishist? Oh, massively. Anything left in a car that rattles around slides from left to right. If we go on a job somewhere and a colleague has left something in a car and I jump in, go and do some cornering shots and their bags sliding from one side of the oh, back God. seat to the other. Yeah. I just, I've got to stop and sort it. I can't bear it. I just can't. No, I don't I blame can't stand it. Yeah. But at least um, it, it it gets worse, doesn't it? When uh, when the car's got zero mechanical noise, you know, we did something involving a Rolls Royce the other day. And it we had, did. It had a tiny trim rattle. Oh, and yeah. I remember thinking, but it was just a buzz. It, mm. We were on really difficult roads, yeah. horrible surfaces. It was just one of those things that that was it just goes through a little frequency range. It didn't wasn't it wasn't with the car all the time or anything. No. And I I thought, oh dear, you know, this is. It's, uh, it's it's it gets hard, doesn't it? For- yeah, and most of the time, quite often as a user, you might not notice it because you've got the audio on or you're having a conversation, in conversation or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but actually, in, in our testing thing where we're being quiet and listening out for yeah. everything, there it is buzzing away. Yeah, but I must say, 
that feature is still to come out in the in the mag. But we took a a bunch of a bunch of luxury and executive cars yeah. and a noise meter. We ran down a same stretch of road with the noise meter going. That Rolls Royce is so quiet yeah. compared to everything else. It's oh, that's interesting. I'm, I'll be, I wasn't there for the for the actual mm. oh, for measuring the bit, objective but, bit. Yeah, but I I listened to my tape of of you, you know the, some of our participants talking, and mm. uh, there was such a huge difference in the background noise on the tape. Oh, really? Yeah, that is interesting. And the rolls was very quiet. Yeah, I think at fifty miles an hour, it had uh, it was putting out sixty decibels, which is quiet by um, all stats. Yeah. I mean I know all the others are you know would be 60 something but because of the way the logarithmic decibel scale works you know 65 is yeah, a reasonable amount louder than 60 or something, yeah, so, right? so 68 70 is quite a lot louder than 60 yeah. as it turns out so, um, yes anyway uh, oh, I can't remember what got us onto that oh keys and rattles yeah, yeah blimey sorry mate that was a proper tangent let's go <laughs> off on one um, so let's get back onto the column front Adrian Hallmark well, said some I, stuff recently. Yeah, he's I've, more succinct than we are. <laughs> he is. He is. It was. I was listening to to Adrian Hallmark, um, CEO of Bentley. Bentley, that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Talking on the, the the FT has a an annual um, seminar, partly online, called "The Future of the Car," mm. run by their rather excellent motoring writer. Mm. And uh, um, Adrian Hallmark was just in a twenty minute slot, not very long. But he gets enough said in twenty minutes that would that other people would take an hour to say. And he yeah. and he was talking about all manner of uh, Bentley matters, but but in particular the the electrification that's coming. And and I just loved the way he summed up the fact that you really it was an absolute must that you had to have renewable energy to make batteries because, mm. as he put it, if you do anything else, you're putting CO two back into a clean car. And mm. I hadn't. I'd never tweaked. I never sort of put it so succinctly in my head. And if I could write, could have written that. I would have written it ten yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, it'd be good, wouldn't it? And he's just clever. Yeah. And there's is, a lot like that. Is he talking about in the making of the battery itself, or yes. in the filling of the battery? Well, with juice I, or both? no. I think I think in the manufacture of the battery okay. in this case. Mm. We were talking about. He he also had quite a bit to say about the fact that. Um, He's rather surprised and concerned that no BEV manufacturer and no battery manufacturer, apart from the the people who we know are here already, has has come up with anything new. And although yeah. there are some irons in the fire, he said the VW Group at various places around the world is building building seven gigafactories. Wow! And you know, in Europe there are tens, of, you know, thirty under construction. Yeah. God knows how many in China, but yeah. we haven't got anything new, and it's. He estimates that just to keep car manufacturer at, at the level that it's it's at at the moment in the UK, let alone increasing it, we need three gigafactories. Wow. Where are they? Hmm. Government help needed. Well, yes. go, you know, not 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 help even. Although he 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 was well, making the point. It's funny that, how you do it. Is it. How do you? I mean, if if governments are if government is going to push the technology, it, it, where does its responsibility begin and end with making? that feasible yeah you're right thing. yeah because yeah. the thing everybody <clears throat> has been saying for many a year is that they shouldn't shouldn't legislate the means just the standard mm. and uh and yet here they are legislating the means so they should surely make it make it possible mm. his other point was he made, this is hallmark for you he made a 
a load of brilliant points, but another brilliant point that he made was that that um, incentives available in places like Spain, Canada, Belgium, Germany, even are an order of magnitude more than they are in the UK. Why mm. is that? You know, why mm. don't we just get on and compete? Yeah, yeah. I do. I mean, you get the without being overly political, Steve, because that's not our thing. But I wonder if the that you, I do get a sense from industry that it it feels like. It, and not just the automotive industry, but other industries, farming, agriculture, all kinds of things, are feel that government has been distracted by other things yeah. over the past yeah. seven or eight years and is not basically sort of paying attention to no. to future industrial. Yeah, strategies. but other people have had, you know, um, financial uh, difficulties and COVID and all the rest of it as mm. well, and we just yeah. haven't quite coped as well. No. No, probably not. But uh, they have some good speakers, don't they? That FT event, without yeah. wanting to, you know, without wanting to big up other publications too much. But that's that several the several a, day thing is a is a is a really good event, isn't it? I'm yeah, guessing. it is. It is. It, it really is. And and uh, um, but I just admire these these um, bigwigs that you and I meet on it. You know, on rare occasions. The one that Adrian Hallmark's one, Carlos Tavares is the is the one that always sticks out to me because he's fantastically lucid, speaking in his third language when he's speaking English. Yeah, yeah. And yet he's he's more you know articulate than <laughs> the any other ten yeah. people. He's, he's a Stellantis, Stellantis CEO, CEO or chairman yeah. or whatever. whatever yeah. they call but, it. I mean, kingpin, bloke yeah. in charge. The, the yes, the one, the <laughs> one, the one, the the fella. Yeah. Uh, shall we talk my column briefly? Yes, sir. It's it's a lot of nonsense this week, mate. But there's oh, another one. There's another one. No, no, no. Oh. No, I'm not being self-deprecating. It is. It's. There's another one next week, so it's fine. But I was. I. Uh, so, so, is this one you wrote on the plane? This is one I wrote on the plane on the way. And you were presumably. Was, were you either drunk or asleep? No, no. Well, I do not drink on long haul flights because. Well, if I'm away long haul at all, because I do, this messes up my. You sleep arrive in a bad state. I can't yeah. Do it. yeah. Sorry. I, yeah, so I, I'm this very dull person in, on a plane asking for another sparkling water. Please, thank you very much. And uh, but anyway, I can't remember who told me this, which is appropriate. I can't remember who was telling me the other day that they that they that they said they had to give a talk, a work related stuff about about something about a subject they'd studied uh, 15 years previously, and they yeah. said the problem is I can't remember any of it, so I'm now going back and reading it all again and relearning what I must have learnt 15 years ago and they said so what was the point of doing it the first time if I've got to go and learn it again why did I bother doing it the first time and I and I sort of thought to myself hmm I read quite a I read quite a lot and I enjoy it and I you know it's I think it's and I know this is a risky ground for a journalist to go down anyway but of some of the things I've read that I then don't remember at all not just Days after, but we, you know, we not just weeks or years after, maybe even days after. I don't quite remember it. Actually, if I'd done a craft instead, or made something, or fixed something, yeah. it would have stayed made. It would have stayed fixed. It would yeah. have stayed. It would have. It would have stayed in physical. Yeah, a new clutch in the imp or something. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. yeah, the yeah the the imp would be the imp would have a perfectly serviced carburetor, and as as opposed to one that won't idle below twelve hundred yeah. rpm. Uh, so anyway, I anyway. So I talked five hundred seventy words of nonsense yeah. about that. But it. So you're wondering why you but, did all that engineering? Well, study. no, not not. I just I just wonder if sometimes I should 
it's a difficult thing to say I should read less. I mean, who wants to read? I mean, it, I, I'd love yeah. to read more. But actually, if I just did a few more crafts, maybe that would be a more valuable thing to do yeah. than sometimes doom scrolling on social or reading a newspaper column that actually I know I'm not interested yeah, in. Yeah, I don't. Sometimes a, film will, sometimes a film will be suggested on, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do some washing up of, of an evening or whatever or some cooking and I think, oh, I'll just flick something on on Netflix and it suggests this film and I think, oh, that's interesting. And three minutes in, I'll go, I think I've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I need to just, you know, do, do, more, do, more, do more crafts and because it's... Some stat I read, you remember 10% of things that you've read, 20% of things you've seen, but 90% of things you do. Yeah. I'm not sure I buy the 90% no. thing. That sounds like a That's lot. That's a lot, isn't it? And yeah. also it depends on how long ago you've done it, of course. Well, but, here's um, my, t- my take is cool. that, that this is this is not the... I disagree with you completely because I think, I think just by, for instance... You know, you've just come up with a subject. It may be about forgetfulness, but the fact mm. of the matter it is, it's made a, an interesting thing to discuss for three or four minutes. And what you're doing with your, with you know, just by doing that is setting, you know, the odd listener to this, if there are any, you know, off on a... Several thousand a week, mate. Hey. Thousands a week. Many thousands a week, actually, depending on the, depending on those, whether yeah. it's Easter holidays or whether it's back in term time. That's it. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah, it takes a little dive, but, but it's it, back but, up full but steam. But the, the, the thing is, you're, you know, you're just, you stimulate other people. You know, they, they may not, you know, they're not going to hang on your every word and slavishly, mm. but what they may do is have, take a direction off at themselves and have their own thoughts. And, and that, that progression just creates progress. Mm. So... I think by being forgetful, you're still contributing to progress. Still contributing, even so. Even the 10% that gets through is, <laughs> is there somewhere. It's probably the best 10%, mate. No <laughs> well, problem. you'd like to think so. Well, is it? Is it? <laughs> well, I don't know. I just, I'm just aware that I have a, several cars and motorcycles in varying degrees of working order. And if you read less... And you if could... I read a bit less, maybe I would have things that worked a bit, a bit more. But I'm... Uh, uh, I'm aware that as a as a writer, that's a risky thing to say. And by yeah. reading, you're creating demand for other journalists, thereby increasing their capabilities, and so on. You know, and well, we'll honestly, I, I, you disagree. You disagree. I, that's I disagree. Okay, that's okay. I think because there's another column next week. I'll agree thing with you. So right. Bloody column, if you want to. If you're sitting out on a Sunday morning and thinking, <laughs> but I should be, but I should be, should be doing something more useful instead. No, maybe it's not. No, maybe it's good. not. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, so I'm just back from um, driving a Lamborghini Huracan Storato, yeah. which is the absolutely last that, edition. This is the the reason for all this creative thought that's been going on just mm. a few minute, a minute ago, is because you had all that time to sit on the on the plane and and uh, sort of think about life, the world, and everything, didn't you? Yeah, didn't away it? from away from distraction for mm. a while. Actually, I was talking to another of our journalists the other day, and he said, oh, "God, actually taking." You just take a shower in the morning before you start. He said, so many thoughts about features or how to write things or how to write an intro or whatever, because there are no external distractions at that time. Just you just said it's the it's a great place to think. And I think about the same about motorcycles in a way. Yeah. You just go for a ride and think Well, about I was it. thinking and me and the bloke with the black dog on the yeah. you know, at five AM the other morning on the on the byway. Yeah. You know, that, that that clears your head out. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, um, Yes, I'm just back from driving the Lamborghini Huracan Storato, which is the last edition, we think, probably. Who knows, there may be another 
final limited edition yeah. run before production ends of the Huracan, which is a naturally aspirated V10 mid-engined supercar. But this one's been given a lift about 45 millimetres, and it does, it's not an off-roader, but it's like a Dakar spec. So you drove it on a on a tarmac surface and then... And then a bit of gravel too. Yeah, so they yes, there was a road a road route to a place called Chuck Wallace Speedway, which is in the middle of the desert somewhere. It's just surrounded by hundreds of miles of solar panels, as far as I can tell, um, in the California desert. And they said, well, this is a racetrack, um, but it, at turn four, don't turn left and stay on the track, go straight on. And we've graded a, a gravel sand course through the desert for a mile and a bit. And then you go back to finish the lap on the asphalt and wow. see what it's like. And it was just terrific. It's superb. It's such a good, such a good. So it was good on the track car. and it was, and it was, and it rode well. It rode really, really well. Yeah. Rode, uh, as a road car, it's terrific. And it reminded me of an aerial nomad. Wow. And I said this to the chief technical officer of Lamborghini, Roven Moore. And I said, look, you know, you probably haven't driven a nomad. And he, he said, no, I mean, I'd like, I know of them. I said, you know, it, it, the way it move, it has notable body movements, but they're also brilliantly telegraphed and they're also really well controlled. It, you know, it, it will, it will dip its nose under braking, but when you lift off, it doesn't sort of hoing back up again. It's yeah. just, it's very natural and very composed. And he said, the car I'm, one of the cars I'm inspired by for this Huracan is the, and you're like this, is the Alpine A110. Uh, because right. he said, you know, it has that easy breathing body movement, you know, lots of wheel travel. Uh, it allows the, it allows some lean, it allows some pitch and dive, but it's all very nicely controlled, very well communicated. And when you turn and you lift and you wait, it just wants to rotate really well. And yeah. you just, and it, I think it's given that Huracan a, a really interesting Lisa life in its yeah. old age, I think, is a really yeah, interesting it's a great, thing. It's a, so imaginative, isn't it? Mm. That, that that sort of a um, finding new roles for cars in in places where you know in a, in a in an era when supercars become a bit harder to use. Yeah, yeah, and yes, and the thing about driving so many modern supercars is they need these sort of lifters on the nose because they run so close to the ground because of the aerodynamic effect of having a decent splitter, nice and low. But then it's carbon fibre and you sort of... I mean, I just spend most of my time driving supercars worried about what damage I'm going to do to yeah, them. Yeah. And this, absolutely none at all. Turn it around where you like, you know, run onto the onto the gravel on the edge of a verge if you want to. No trouble at all. Yeah. Just terrific. And I, the, the, the project leader for the Huracan, I said, look, has this given you food for, for thought in future? He said, it really, yeah, it really has. I think Huracans in future, you know, this has given us something to think about. So I wouldn't surprise me if if the next generation Huracan is a super sports car as it should be. But then you know who knows? Maybe yeah. there'll be a and they've they were initially going to do eight or nine hundred or something of these, but demand is such that they're going to do fifteen hundred wow. between now and the end of the. I think it's about a third of the total, a third of Huracan production between now and the end of next year when the car goes off sale. It's a and sort of almost um... all sold already. Intriguing compliment to the to the nomad, isn't it? Because yeah, <clears throat> that trailblazer is such a that car, such a trailblazer. Well, it, it's such a it's, it's such a unique machine mm. with it. You know, it looks like that and yet rides like a Lexus. You know, there's yeah. nothing else like it, is there? And, no. and except you know maybe specific bar yeah, races and things like that. But you, yeah. Stuff you can you can just buy and run for a year and take yeah. back once a year to service and like. Yeah. 
Yeah, it would be fascinating if more cars start to do this stuff. Yeah, and, and worry less about outright track performance and speed. Yeah. Because it just it brings uh, adjustability and approach, you know, and yeah. the limits a bit closer to daily driving, which I think is great. I think yeah, it's terrific. Yeah. yeah, I'm all for it. Agreed. Anyway, you can find the story for that. Uh, over at autocar.co.uk. You can find it in Autocar Magazine. Which so that runs next week. That it's, will be, it's already online it's, and it's, it runs next Well, week. as we speak, it's in the magazine and online. Oh, as okay. Well, as, well, as, well, no, as, well, as, 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 pod, as this pod goes out. Yes, because this oh, pod is out on the... The old fingers must have been flying on a keyboard. Oh, yeah, no driving embargo, which I... which I, Sorry, we're talking shop a bit too much, but, yeah, sometimes we drive stuff and then they say... To be fair to all other journalists, please don't publish it until we all play ball and say, yeah. okay, that's fair. We don't publish it three weeks later. But no, this they said, no, write about it as soon as you like. So I got out of the car, started typing, got a lift back to the hotel, carried on typing and uploaded it when I got there. So it was, I'm rather proud to say, it was the first. Nice uh, to fly home the with the drive. story written too. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's all but, done. Yeah, all over. But it is a great feeling to to beat our filthy opposition even by a few hours, oh, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's just nice. Because I, I finished writing it, uploaded it, sent it to the office for subbing. I said, you know, just you know, cast your eye over this and then uh, called it a day. Woke up the next morning, still the only drive up there. So Lovely. I'm pleased with that. Yeah, happy. That's the way. Very happy. That's Very auto car, mate. Very that's the way, mate. Yeah, first and best. Yeah. Anyway, yes, you can find the mag in uh, lots of places in your local news agents. You can get it on subscription, in print or digitally, which I like um, very much. You can, and it's been like that way, it's been in print every week since 1895. Uh, we've also got a YouTube channel, um, all the socials. The next YouTube vid is going to be a couple of days after this publication of this podcast, which is an interview with the chief engineer of Rimats. As we drive around the countryside in a Nevera. Sounds pretty damn pretty nice. Cool. Yeah, and he's a good fellow as well. Nice chap. Um, yeah, and uh, the Autocar Electric podcasts will be making a comeback in the coming uh, weeks as well. But until next week, thank you, Steve. See you soon. See you next time. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial 
plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.